In today's political, volatile political climate, it's almost impossible to avoid the subject of politics in business. Political chaos can wreak havoc in a business, especially when you're vocal about your personal views. Business and politics, while often intersecting at certain points, should never be done if you can help it. It's increasingly harder to remain apolitical these days. It's as if we're losing the ability to remain neutral and party independent while trying to serve our customers. At the slightest sign of disagreement, consumers are ready to boycott against the brand, and conversations have often devolved into battle royales of epic proportions played out in real time in the media and on social media, with everyone sharing an opinion simply because they can. How do we diffuse this environment and get back to the business of people first over politics? That's the burning question. But first, ask yourself two questions. How can I observe my political beliefs without being offensive or divisive? And how can I minimize or avoid the political talk while doing business? Welcome back to another episode of Mogul Chicks Chat. I'm your host, Adrienne Graham. I'm the CEO and proud founder of Mogul Chicks LLC, and that's Chicks with an X. I am a serial entrepreneur and a self-made businesswoman who is a strategic business growth advisor, published author, mentor, and investor. We help female founders of color grow and scale profitable job-creating companies and eventually get their company's investment ready. We also help groom them into dynamic leaders and CEOs and build legacy wealth in the process. Mogul Chicks is a mindset, a way of life, if you will, and a blueprint for female founders who want to build a legacy of wealth and a generational business empire. We provide strategic business growth solutions and a platform for resources, mentoring, networks, and education. Our mission is to take your company from flat to profit generating, to job creating, to investment ready. My personal mission is to help you build and run a better company, reimagine the way you do business, and build lasting wealth. Oh, and before I forget, be sure to tag at MogulChicks using the hashtag MogulChicksChat on social media. Make sure you rate the show and leave a comment. It helps people find us. Share the love, share the love. Today's topic, navigating business in a topic political environment, And the conversation will focus on being able to find a balance between running a business, holding your political views and values, while not sabotaging opportunities. My guest Sherry Heil and I will talk about some of the issues many entrepreneurs struggle with when trying to avoid the proverbial landmine that is politics. But first, let me tell you a little bit about Sherry. I'm so happy to have her here. We, I haven't talked to her in a while, so this is going to be so, so fun and so enlightening. You guys should check out her commentary on social media. She's very thoughtful and very thorough and very specific in her views. Sherry Heil is an award-winning marketing consultant and a business coach. She recently launched Amplify Concepts, a freelancer's collaborative providing resources to freelancers so that they can focus on doing what they love 
while providing exceptional service to their clients. Sherry is also evolving into an active political commentator and activist, which is why we have her here today. So get your pens and your pads ready and get ready for some real talk and an honest conversation. And hopefully we can share some tips with you on not letting your head explode over political gaps or getting sucked into commentary and, and, and baited and approached with partisan talk. Can't we all just get along? <laughs> hey, Sherry, welcome to the show. Hey, Adrian. How are you this morning? I am well. A little chilly in Atlanta, but still enjoying my fall weather. <laughs> Good. Well, you know, I am a huge admirer of your commentary. I read your Facebook posts and tweets and things, and we we agree on so many things. And you're one of those rare people online who can and offline who can put the facts out there and still remain neutral on it without it devolving into a shouting match or name calling session or anything like that. Let's start off with some of the biggest mistakes that some entrepreneurs get into when they start discussing politics. I mean, we are in a volatile kind of landmine right now. So what, what are some of the mistakes that, that we entrepreneurs make? Well, it's what everybody makes is what I'm going to say is um, character assassinations, first and foremost. Um, you know, that's, I think, how they've really worked to divide us. They being the big they, whatever they is, um, has worked to divide us is really by focusing on the character of whether it's Hillary Clinton or Trump or, or whatever. All of these conversations is, oh, you know, she's this and, and a lot of um, misinformation, fake news. That's what they have everybody talking about. And I just, I avoid that. It may be true, it may not be true. That doesn't affect my life necessarily. I focus on the issues. If we could focus on the issues and take away the labels, um, we could have better conversations. Um, one of the things I started in my neighborhood, it was um, a civil and neighborly conversations. I live in a neighborhood that's mostly leans right and I lean left. And uh, we started a conversation. There was and there's rules in this in this one. We have to meet in person. We don't talk online. Um, but the other rules is no labels. You can't say well Republicans think this or Democrats think that because it's much more complex than that. Um, we can't do the character assassinations. Um, you know different things like that. You can't dominate the conversation. You have to listen. You're not trying to change anybody's mind. You're listening to understand and speaking to be understood. Um, so those are some of the rules I applied to my little in-person meeting, and it's what I try to follow online as well. Right. I mean, and it's, it's so, it sounds simple in theory, and we all would love it to be that simple, but people make it harder than what it needs to be. And for some reason, well, we already know the reason, but for for. Even, no, let me be fair, because I, I don't want to do what, what you just said not to do. <laughs> back to the post-Bush, post-Bush, you know, Obama election, there was a shift in civility with the, among, and we're not even talking about just business people right now. We're talking about just common everyday people. There was a shift. But then in this election, it got nasty. It got, you know, businesses started chiming in. And, and one of the things, and this is something I wanted to wait to touch on this, but I have to because I feel like it, it's on me to say it now. One of the things I saw that was different this year, this season, was you can't really express your opinion. Either side can't express your opinion without the other side threatening a boycott, threatening a strike, threatening to take the other person down. And I feel like 
we're in the twilight zone right now and we have as a nation collectively lost our minds and the very things that we stand for as entrepreneurs as business people as americans are starting to erode and divide us more i'm with the you know we could agree to disagree you can be left i can be right or in the middle or whoever whatever doesn't matter my 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 kind of litmus test is if i am in a bad crash and i'm in the emergency room and I, my life was on the line. I'm not going to stop and ask the doctor, are you Republican or Democrat? I'm not going to do that. And, and I think I said that online a couple of weeks ago, and somebody came back and said, yes, I would. Yes, I would. <laughs> really? So we've moved this into now that our brands and our businesses are being dragged into this. And I hate when people start talking about boycotts, because then we're talking about affecting people's jobs, which is one of the key issues that we all were concerned about this election season. Talk a little bit about how the businesses and, and as you know, you differ with your customers and even with your employees, what kind of guidelines or ground rules did you set in place during these election seasons so that you don't fall into that kind of trivial matter? Well, it's an interesting evolution, I guess you could say, and it goes back to something a mentor told me when I first went out on my own, and he said to be divisive. Uh, he encouraged me to be divisive, which was very different from what every other mentor told me. Mm -hmm. And so um, I took every other mentor's uh, advice of, you know, trying to play the middle um, and so on and so forth and, and not offend anybody. Um, but that, that hurts inside when you hold it in. Mm -hmm. um, when you keep your mouth shut, when you're not true to yourself. And, you know, kind of going back to these businesses and the boycotting and what they're doing, I'm noticing more and more that if they do take a stand, if they do speak out, they actually get their tribe comes and supports them even more. And that was what that initial mentor told me about being divisive. When you take a stand, people know what to stand with you on. Right. You may alienate some people, but you've got your tribe, you know, you have the people standing with you. If you're kind of wishy-washy in the middle, I'm not going to say anything, you're not going to build that tribe. So you're seeing that, I think, with some of the businesses, even the ones that I don't agree with, you know, um, I've boycotted a few businesses myself, but they have their clients, they have their customers that's standing with them. And so that's a strategic um, move. It's weird when you're a big corporate, because what if I work for one of the businesses, I, I boycott it and they take the stand and I'm not quite with the stand they took and maybe I'm in a small town where there's not a lot of jobs, you know. But we're seeing that businesses are run by people mm -hmm. and, you know, where there is, again, complexity. I, I, I'm okay with it. I'm okay knowing where my money, if I give this business my money, they're going to spend it here or they're going to support this issue and I don't believe in that issue and I now have the right to de decide where to spend my money. I'm, I would love more transparency. Oh. You know, I pay a little bit more for organic milk. I pay a little bit more for free-range eggs, things like that. I want to invest my money in things I believe in. So if I know what a company believes in, oh. that's where I'm going to invest my money. As far as I go, I think almost every, especially lately, almost every conversation I have has ends up having a business or a political um, aspect to it. It's, it's not something I've chosen to um, even try to suppress anymore. Mm -hmm. And I'll, I'll, I'll give you another example of why. When I was in college, I had a two-year-old son. 
Um, so I was in college raising a two-year-old and working two jobs and double majoring. Um, so I thought I was superwoman. And I went up to the career counselor and we laid out my uh, resume and, you know, I had the two degrees, I had management experience and what kind of jobs could I apply for. And one thing she told me is when you go on interviews, don't tell them you're a mom. So every interview I went on, first thing out of my mouth, I'm a mom. Because my opinion was, if you're going to discriminate against me because I'm a mom, I don't want to work for you anyway. Right. If I'm presenting a relevant political view in a conversation in a respectful way, and you don't want to work with me because of that, we're probably not going to work well together. Right. Now, I have, I understand, a, uh, that's a privilege, you know, that not everybody has. You know, I can turn down work. I have, I live in a city. There's lots of opportunities. But, you know, if I have that privilege, then I have that responsibility. Right. Absolutely. Well, see, and then there's a flip side to that. And, and I want to, I'm, I'm trying to be fair to everybody listening, <laughs> both sides, in the middle, up there, whatever. But I, okay, I, I make it very clear what side I stood on. And it was not on the side of this current administration. I'll just leave it at that. But... <laughs> As, as the kind of shock and, and dismay wore off after election day, and I started listening to stories because that's what I do. I listen to other people, why they voted the way they did and all of this. You know, I, I watched some people just completely melt down and lose their minds and disassociate with anybody who voted for this administration without any regard to why or anything. But as I started hearing the stories, there were a myriad of reasons. And what I try to convey to people is that What's put out there via the media, and I'm, I'm media, so I don't disparage media. I love media, free press, knock wood. But what's being shown, I guess, to keep the fans flame is, oh, you're this because you voted for this one, or you believe this because you did this. It wasn't that cut and dry. And even today, I still have those conversations where, like, it's not that black or white. Well, no, if you voted for him, you're racist. You no, it was not. Listening to some of the stories, there were people who, let's go with business owners, for the proposed or perceived tax incentives. They said, this is where I want to vote. Had nothing to do with anything else. There were people who, for the vote, the healthcare issue, voted against him. You know, so there were different reasons. And I think that we have lost the ability to be empathetic, first of all. Second of all, to look at all sides of an argument and not paint a broad brushstroke against for everybody, regardless of where they, where they voted. But we, we take those prejudices and we run online and we start pointing fingers. You voted this way, so you're this. You did this, you did this. I'm not going to shop at your business anymore. You voted for more. You support it. And as a vendor, I can understand why people will be hesitant to talk about who they voted for or why they voted. But how do you kind of take all of that background noise you, let's say, are a small business to say, okay, I need my taxes reduced, so I'm going to go ahead and hold my nose and, and vote for this one, and I'm going to do this, and then get this incredible backlash. Knowing that you're not the type of person that buys into the other talking points and rhetoric and all that, you specifically did it for the tax benefits. How do you navigate that? How do you reconcile that? How do you kind of repair your brand to your customers who are loyal to you that because you did this one thing, you voted this one way? Now it's like sick the dogs on them. We, we, we're going we're gonna to punish them. So how do, you, how do you kind of reconcile that? 
Well, you mentioned in the beginning about leadership, you know, the voice and the leadership. So, you know, one of the things, if you're going to, if you're going to expose how you voted, mm -hmm. um, then you're going to either be part of the noise or you're going to be part of the leadership. And if you're going to expose how you voted and you're going to be part of the leadership, then you got to do so with all those arrows that you're going to be carrying around in your skin from people shooting at you. And you need to talk about issues. You need to change the conversation right. um, where you can. Shut it down where you can't. Change the conversation where you can. So, again, um, you know, that was one of the things that was important to me was the, the civil and neighborly conversations that we're having here. Um, I live in John Ossoff's, what would have been his district if he won. Um, <laughs> so that was a big national election that really actually opened my eyes up that my neighborhood was more blue than I realized. And I was like, oh, hey, I maybe should know some of my neighbors. Mm -hmm. And uh, that got really rowdy on nextdoor.com. And that's where I said, hey, why don't we get together and have some conversations? And, and they've been great. Mm -hmm. And I learned a lot, you know, uh, we'll have them around issues. And my first one was around healthcare. And I learned that, yeah, people, everybody of all sides, actually, they don't want people to die on the streets. They just think that there's policies differences that could get us to the same end of people being taken care of and taking care of themselves. Okay. Um, you know, so, so it's been interesting to speak with people who um, are willing to listen and have well thought out ideas. Um, now you've seen some comments that hit my Facebook page when I post some uh, experiences um, or thoughts or, or awarenesses that I, I have uh, come across and you see that they don't last. I will shut it down. Um, I, will, I will block that person. I will delete the comments because that's sidetracking it. That's not, oh, you're not being transparent. No. I, if you disagree with me and you're being respectful, we'll talk. You know, there may be a point where I say, let's take this offline, mm -hmm. you know, but we'll talk. But if I get people and I've gotten, I remember a gun post I posted and it just got, I wasn't even in. I was in the car driving somewhere and I looked at my phone and it had blown up with you know, two friends of opposite sides going at each other and not a respectful way. So I just deleted that post. Mm -hmm. um, so that's part of leadership too, is shutting down the noise and then rising up the good conversations. Right. Um, and, and that's what you do. You say, listen, this is why I voted this way. This is what's important. This is how it's going to help everybody. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I'll go, okay, I get you. I don't necessarily agree with you, but I get you. Right. Agree to disagree and keep it moving. So yes. let me ask you this. Should you, as, as a leader, as an entrepreneur, if you, you find yourself in this kind of volatile situation, do you think it's okay to kind of call like a town hall style meeting with maybe your employees, your vendors, your customers, and to hash that out? Because I know a lot of people are afraid to do that. And for me, I, I did immediately, not immediately, I think it was December, I did kind of like a round table kind of thing, a live thing we did. It was about myself and six other women, D Democrat, Republican, independent, not sure what they were. And we all just bought it all to the table. You know, nobody left with feelings hurt. There were a lot of active, you know, emotions going on. But I think it gave the opportunity for people to see a representation from all sides. Right. Do you think that's something that today's entrepreneurs should take an approach to? 
Well, it, it depends on who your vendors and everybody, you know, who they are. Um, I've had some one, I had a lot of one-on-one conversations with my clients, um, you know, and kind of where they're at and letting them know I'm going to be vocal, um, but I'm not vocal through amplified concepts. Well, except for one issue. And the issue was on net neutrality because net neutrality has a big impact on small businesses and individuals. And most people don't know about it. Mm -hmm. So that's where a a political issue is very important to talk about because it is going to affect your clients and your, your um, vendors and and so on and so forth. Um, So that was the one time I sat down and I didn't, all I did was explained in in, in, an analogy that I came up with. This Mm -hmm. is what net neutrality is. This is why it's important to you. This is why you need to pay attention. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, but other than that, it's, Sherry Heil versus Amplified Concepts. Now, I have my team on Amplified Concepts. They have their own voices. They're allowed to have their own voices, but it's not coming through Amplified Concepts. So there's the brand and then there's the individuals. And, you know, as an individual, what I tell people, because I, you know, I coach a lot of young people too, I tell them, be vocal. If you have a voice, social media is where that voice now gets amplified. Um, you know, I'm not out networking and rubbing shoulders and having these conversations in person. Um, I want a voice and I'm now wanting to become more of a political commentator writer. It's what I want to do. Um, I'm not going to hold myself back from that, but I'm going to think through, can I defend my position respectfully and in a way that the vast majority of people I care about will go, okay, I don't agree with her, but she's smart and she's thought this through. Right. Yeah. See, and that's, that's where the problem lies because I'll, I, I've kind of stopped watching Facebook. I don't know many of you guys listening. I haven't been on social media for about a week because I needed the break. I needed the detox, but it's very simple for a conversation or a comment to go from zero to a hundred and under five posts (laughs) and I've seen it happen and it it's just so it's taxing it really is and for me who you know I'm clear about what side I'm on um mine was more so you know like I hate to say this guys that are listening but I told you so I come from New York so we knew but I, I was very clear about my position and I very rarely make political statements online unless I absolutely have to if I do it, I do it. I get in. It's like stick and move, and I'm out. I don't belabor a point. I don't keep dwelling on it. You take what I say. You can either use it or throw it away. I don't care. I put it out there, and I don't leave any room for interpretation. Mm-hmm. So what that's done for me was it's lost me some people, but it's gained me a lot more people. And I've had people on the other side, the Republicans, come to me and say, you know what? I thought you were going to be a problem with that because when, when you made your initial statement, I was kind of, you know, but when I really read what you said in her and, and I got the intent of it, it makes sense. I get it. I understand. Thank you for being respectful. And that's all I'm saying is we need to learn how to be respectful. Now you brought up something else about, about teams. What do you do when you have a team that functions well together? They're fluid Everything works well. You guys love working together. And then election season happens and you got your team at each other's throat. How do you kind of set guidelines and boundaries? Either, you know, if we're going to talk about it, this is how we do it, or we don't talk about it at all. How do you do that so that they're not letting those feelings bubble up 
then that resentment bubble up, but at the same time, give them a platform to express themselves without affecting the bottom line. You know, the, uh, well, I guess twice I've been in a situation where things have gotten heated. This last election and then the election before that, well, this last election is continuing carrying on. And what's strange with this last one is that I'm actually more right than I am left. Mm -hmm. I'm just left because I live in a red area. You know, I'm, I'm really center. Yeah. And so, um, the more of the conversations or disagreements have been between me, who's considered left, and people who I consider way too left. <laughs> you know, so that's really what's been happening in, in this team, you yeah. know, um, which is interesting because so I'm the, the voice of the right in my team. And we're all professionals because we're all freelancers. We're all business owners and ourselves. And so we know that work needs to get done. So mm -hmm. we'll have our little back and forth. And then it's like, okay, well, that's what you believe. We got to get this project done, you know, and, and that's always the focus. Um, and there's friendship there too. Now I worked in another company the last election um, when it was between Obama and Mitt Romney. And I was the Obama person. They were all the Mitt Romney people. And they teased me. I was totally outnumbered there. They teased me quite a bit. And, you know, I, I, you know, I took it with confidence of my beliefs. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't get upset about it. Um, I, I stood for what I believed in. We talked about issues. There were things I agreed with them on, which always throws them off when you agree with them because they assume, like you said, with the broad brush strokes that you all you all you people think this way and I would say well actually no I, I disagree with that I actually agree with you on that point mm -hmm. you know and I think you know one of the things when you're in that environment especially if you want to diffuse that environment is find a point of agreement right find something you agree with that person on because you will throw them off balance and you'll be able to diffuse the situation yeah yeah. I mean, the key, the key is not to convert anybody. Nobody's trying to do that. We just want to coexist in harmony. We want to serve our clients, our customers, make money, the bottom line. Um, but there are going to be issues that are sticky and, and we can't help that. But only as, as a leader, as a business owner myself, I try to create an environment. And even as a media professional, I keep, it, it's still, I still don't look at myself as a media professional, but I guess I am. To, to allow that platform to hear all sides, you know, right. and get it from both sides. Well, you didn't, shouldn't let these people say, no, we have to, this is the problem now. We have to give everybody an open platform to be respectful and have respectful dialogue. So absolutely. I'm not sure for me if it's, you know, and I said it's to listen, to be understood and, and listen, to understand and, and speak, to be understood. Mm -hmm. But I don't know that that's the same for me as not converting people. Right. Um, you remember my passion long ago was, hey, the world is changing and people need to change really fast or they're going to be left behind. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? They didn't change fast enough. And there's a lot of people left behind right now, which is why we're in this situation. Mm -hmm. um, so I really come at, in a way, I come at my political commentary more as a change management mm -hmm. um, in that the world's still going to change. We still have Mark Zuckerberg. We still have Elon Musk. We still have Google. We still have Bitcoin happening. We still have artificial intelligence and automation. None of that slowed down just because this administration's in, in power. And all this stuff that he's promising people with his again isn't going to happen because the world moves forward and it's going to keep moving forward. And these people are going to get further and further left behind. 
So when I'm listening to understand, I'm trying to figure out what points of agreement or what, where I could insert a conversation that says, listen, this is why this is going to hurt you. We need to find a solution because you're my solution may not be the right solution, but you need to understand the problem. We all need to agree what the problem is so we can talk about the solution. Right. And it's more of a change management to kind of keep people moving forward. Do you know I just read an article that there was an Obama-era training program in all these small towns that were coal country for them to learn computer technology and nursing and all these jobs that are out there, and they're not taking the classes because they expect their coal jobs to come back. Yep. And, and that is why, yes, I'm more about converting, but not in a hammer kind of way of banging it over their head, but mm -hmm. more in a, do you understand, can we get you to understand how the world is moving and this is a problem for you and let's talk about what the possible solutions are. Right. Absolutely. No, I agree a hundred percent. It's just, if we, if we all took that approach and, and took emotion out of it, I think we'd get a lot further. So well, I didn't work with emotion. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you, how, on social media, let's talk about that. How do you, if you know how you are and you know what your beliefs are and you know how passionate you are about it, how do you avoid being baited in? I mean, it, you know, I, I admit I've, I've gotten dragged in a couple of times and, and I caught myself immediately and shut it down. But how do you, as, as someone representing your brand, as someone representing your industry, as somebody with jobs, with, you know, with, with employees to feed, how do you kind of mediate yourself on social media? How do you keep from being dragged into the big fray, the big conversations, the knockdown drag outs? <laughs> well, and I have uh, some leaf blowers behind me, so let me know if I need to move in. Um, you know, one of the things I did right after the election, um, you mentioned before about people shutting people down, and I did that. Um, I did that on Facebook. I knew which people, I knew I was going to start being more vocal. Mm -hmm. I knew which people were going to disagree with me in ways that were not productive, not productive for my health at the time, because I did need a moment of, you know, people put this in a negative connotation, but yes, I did need my safe, safe space for a moment. Um, obviously I got out of it cause I started organizing bipartisan talks, but yes, I did need a safe space for a moment. Mm -hmm. So I, I actually, my Facebook page has always been public. I never had the privacy settings on it cause I always believed if, you know, I don't want the illusion of privacy, but after the election, I removed some people and I did shut it down. I turned the privacy settings on for a little while mm -hmm. to let my emotions settle so that I didn't get dragged in. And then once I started saying, okay, I know how to do this, I opened everything back up again. But what I put on Facebook is a lot tamer than what I might put on Twitter. On Twitter, I might be a little bit more outspoken. That's kind of, because I can shut people down easier, the noise down, not the people who disagree with me, but the noise down um, easier on Twitter than you can on Facebook. It's not so transparent and viral and, and invasive like Facebook is when people are on your page commenting. LinkedIn, I don't ever talk comments, again, except for the one thing I did, the net, neutral, neutral, uh, net neutrality thing, because that was important. Um, and I might have done a healthcare post once because, again, 
Um, I do talk a lot about freelancing. They say right now 33% are freelancers. It's going to be 40% soon. We need healthcare. Yeah. Um, you know, so I might, if it's something like that, you know, I'm not going to say this is the solution. I'm just going to say this is the problem on, on LinkedIn. And, you know, something to think about people kind of thing, you know. Um, so I won't talk about it at all on LinkedIn. Facebook, I'm very much, you know, on my personal page, I'm, I'm more timid than I am on LinkedIn. I have a business page, Sherry Heil. I've been toying with that. I don't know what to do with that one because it, I have been a marketer for so many years. That was my brand. That's who I am. And now I'm, like I said, I'm trying to do more political commentary and political writing for different outlets. And I want to market or promote my writing through that. So I'm working on that. I'm thinking through that. I, I have to get rid of that. You know, all those people telling me, don't talk about this. I'm trying to still get them off my shoulders and out of my ears and saying, no, this is who I am now. This is me. And I have opinions and I'm going to try to present them respectfully. And they are based in business. They are based in what we are facing in business right now. Um, it's, you know, I don't go through the healthcare as a right. I don't go through the, we should be taking care of people. I go through the argument, healthcare is an investment. Healthcare is what we need because of the way the world is changing right now. You know, so when I'm going to put it out there, I'm going to put it out there um, in that business brand uh, that I've been for so many years. Right. Absolutely. So I, I can't, I can't round out the conversation without talking about the hard subjects here. So we know two issues and, and I fit under both categories. One, the whole women's issues. There are a lot of women's issues out there that have been amplified during the election season, post-election season with the sexual har harassment stuff. And now you're seeing members of Congress getting charged and it's making this big political firestorm about women and, and all of this stuff. As a woman, how do you, how do you, what, what, how am I looking to say this? As a woman, this is part A of the question. As a woman, how do you make sure that you're putting your voice out there to be vocal for women to understand that we can, or we need to be involved in the political process so that we can improve things for women? Now, we're not in the 1950s. We're way ahead of that. But some things seem to be dragging us back. Yeah. Right. Part B of that question, as a person of color, with everything that's blatantly on display. And it's hard as a woman and a woman of color, it's hard because I find, and I don't know if you've seen this, but I find myself in observation that a lot of times we get shut down. And it's, you're politicizing it. You're making it a racial thing. You're making it this. So it's like you get accused of that on that side and then on the woman's side you're being trivialized like you're you're just oh honey you're just you're projecting or you're just whatever the, the patronizing thing for women time of the so, month for you. yeah so so it's kind of like you get hit from both sides well i get hit from both right. sides how do you because the one thing i'm not going to do me personally and i don't know about my listeners the one thing i'm not going to do is apologize for being a woman i'm not going to know my place and I'm not going to apologize for being a person of color. And I'm going to use my voice and my platform to bring light to issues that are out there affecting us. But not in a way, well, I hope, not in a way that is a us versus them kind of thing. Right. So with that 
laid out there as best as I could because it was it's kind of off the cuff. It wasn't a planned question. How do you keep conversations going that you need to have going to educate our younger females coming up? Because a lot of them are insulated now. They're protected. They're in bubbles. And all of this stuff that's coming out to the media, you get either the, yeah, I'm glad she's coming forward, or you get, oh, she's causing trouble, she's lying, or whatever. And the same thing with people of color. Oh, you're making the race thing. How do you kind of disseminate through all that? And how do you use your platform as a woman or a person of color to speak to the issues unashamed and still be able to promote civil conversations as it kind of spirals? You're right. These are the hard questions. Um, the woman one's always been hard for me. And the reason is I was raised with three brothers. I'm the only girl. I, I'm raising two sons. I'm the only Besides my dog, I'm the only girl in this house. Mm -hmm. And I'm a strong woman. Um, and I never really, for most of my life, never really thought of myself as, you know, the minority as a woman. Right. Um, never really. And I would hear people talk about it. And I know the history of women. And I, you know, history was my minor. History is my passion. I know the stories. But for me, I didn't ever feel it. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe it's because my strong personality has oftentimes overshadowed or made me oblivious to when I am facing something. Mm -hmm. Um, now a job I had once, um, was the first time I ever, ever dealt with such blatant misogyny and it drove me crazy. I didn't know what I was experiencing and that did wake me up a little bit, but only only a little bit. Once I got out of that, got out on my own, you know, a friend of mine posted a picture yesterday. It was a throwback picture, one of the Facebook memories pictures. Mm -hmm. And it was me with a board of that I had put together and it was all men. I put the board together. It was all men. And I, I knew, I remember when I did that, I remember going, Oh yeah. Hmm. There's a problem. And, um, so yeah, for me, I've I, more recently, I've been trying to almost thinking almost as though I'm a man trying to be more aware of women's issues, mm -hmm. I guess is where I'm at. I've been more like, okay, yeah, I, that is a thing, you know, um, I, I didn't grow up with it. So I'm kind of looking at it going, oh, you know, that is a thing. And that whether it's good or bad or, or right or wrong, sometimes has me seeing things on both sides. So Louis C.K. is a favorite a comedian of ours in the family. And, you know, last night, the allegations of, of what he's done came out, and my, my son was heartbroken by it. And I'm sitting there going, that's just men, you know. Lots of I'm just going... I, I've seen worse, you know, and I, I, you know, rape one thing, you know, like when the whole Me Too thing came out, I wasn't offended or shocked or surprised. I'm like, well, of course, every woman's dealt with that. I have too. You know, I had a manager when I was in a, when I was a waitress try to lock me in the cooler and, and, you know, I basically let him know it wasn't going to end well for him. And that was the end of that. You know, it's, and so it, it's not shocking or surprising or anything to me. I'm just kind of like, wasn't well, that how it's always been? That's just how it's been. Um, so I'm trying to wake up to, oh, I guess that is a problem, isn't it? 
Um, you know, so one thing when I do coach women, I, I tend to coach men more than women too. Um, mm-hmm. but when I do coach women, I'll, I'll coach them out of things like they say, I'm sorry, way too much. It's like, yeah. stop apologizing. I don't want to hear that word out of your mouth again, mm-hmm. you know? And so I do coach them to be a little bit more assertive and not so timid and, and things of that nature that I guess they were raised to be. And somehow somebody forgot to raise me to be that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that one's a little more hard for me. The, the color thing I, you saw, I believe one of the, the, uh, posts that I put af- up after the Vegas shooting and, um, somebody who I was not connected to on Facebook, but again, it's back to public, um, jumped on it and I had to shut that down, but it, it inspired me to write an article. Um, that one's interesting too. And that one is a um, conversation I think we could have totally in depth. Um, I grew up, I think you know this, I grew up in Carroll City. So mm-hmm. I was the minority there. Um, it was a very black Latino neighborhood. So I always grew up thinking, well, I'm not racist. I guess kind of similar to the women thing, um, which I would still argue, no, I'm not racist. But what I've started recognizing in my old age now is systemic racism. Um, and and the, the Vegas shooting in my article that I wrote about it, um, you know, and we're seeing it now too with the, the shooting in Texas, how things are treated differently depending on the person's religion or color when it's the shooter. Um, And and that's a huge wake up call for me and starting to see more and more systemic racism. And I think as a white person, Mm -hmm. um, I should talk about that uh, because it should be more, it would be more receptive for certain people to hear it coming from me versus coming from you on the same token. Now you and I may agree or not agree on this point, um, that whole Dove commercial where it starts off with a black woman, the, she takes her shirt off, turns into a white woman, takes her shirt off. I think it was like Latino and then Muslim and, and went on and on. I saw people yelling that that was racist. And I'm going, that's not racist. And if you call everything racist, you're watering it down. And I wanted to say something. But first I went into the comments and I saw lots of my black friends saying something. I went, whoa, it's their they're the ones who should be saying something, not my place to say anything. I disagree with that, though. I disagree with that. And, and okay, don't send me hate mail to my listeners. I didn't <laughs> find it racist either. Now, when I first saw it, because you know how it is with media and social media, you get a, it's a sliver of what it was. So when I first saw it, it was a black woman turning into a white woman, and that was it. And I right. wait a minute, uh-uh. Mm-hmm. But then I, like I usually do, dig deeper. And I investigated and saw what it was, and I wasn't upset about it. I wasn't offended by it. And I can understand how some people could be or would be. But I think that people like me, people like you who have a platform, whether it's writing, uh, radio, or whatever, social media, we have a platform to let's look at, examine the entire picture. Let's look at the entire situation and then let's talk about it. I don't like jumping into something if I haven't researched it. And I think that's a huge problem with social media. A lot of times we see sound bites or we hear sound bites or we see clips or we see a headline and it's like the juices start flowing, the, the, the adrenaline starts flowing and it's attack mode and it's reaction mode. I, confirmation I, bias too. Right. I for one made, it, made a, a promise when I decided to launch the magazine, when I decided to go back into radio was that I was going to make this platform where we talk about the stuff that people don't want to talk about. 
it may be hard. And some of my listeners may be sitting here like, why are you talking to her about people of color? What? We have to have these conversations. Because and so many people, white people are not allowed to be in that conversation. Right. That irritates me a lot because I've, I've witnessed friends. I love you guys, my friends that are listening, say, well, so-and-so doesn't have a right to comment on this because she doesn't look like me. He doesn't look like me. He doesn't go through what I go through. She doesn't see what I see. No, it, and other, my favorite, it's not my job to educate them. Mm-hmm. Well, then what the hell are you having a conversation for? Nobody said you have to change anybody's mind. I'm not trying to change the world. Maybe a little bit. That's because that's me. <laughs> <laughs> but my thing is, can we start having honest, hard dialogue? We need to talk because that's going to be the only way that we can, even if we agree to disagree, it's going to be the only way that we could finally unite, be like, okay, we're on opposing sides, but we still have the same end goal. And I'm, I know that you're not my, my enemy. And I know that my neighbor's not my enemy. How are we going to go rise above this, above the fray, above the sound bites, and really have meaningful conversations that don't devolve into mudslinging on social media? And, and I guess that's why I took this week hiatus because I'm just, I'm so burnt out. Somebody, I'm like, can we have some intellectual conversation? Maybe I need to do something about my circles. About <laughs> I think that's part of the problem. But I think that, for me, I'm not going to shy away from controversial topics. I'm not going to shy away from my own views, but at the same time, I'm not going to ram them down somebody else's throat. And I think we need to find as content deliverers, as content providers, as women, as human beings, as entrepreneurs, we need to be able to say, okay, this topic is not going away. What is the best way for us to approach this topic so we can make this work? So we can talk to people and, and try to find some kind of impasse here. So. We need to have more conversations like this. So. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And, and like I said, the, the racism versus systemic racism, which is um, something I think people need to understand is a very big difference. Right. Um, if you go after a white person and you call them racist and they've been working really hard not to be because white people do have to work really hard not to be because mm-hmm. they were raised to be, especially in oh. a word that's systemic yeah racism you're gonna shut that conversation down but if you say listen it's not about you it's about what's going on in the culture and the way we say things and report things um you can open up that conversation Uh and and that's the one thing right now i want to i wish i could get out there more is how you approach the conversation will change how the conversation ends right Absolutely. And we can't, like I said, we can't be afraid. We cannot be afraid of having these, these talks, these conversations. It's going to be hard. You know, and it, it's funny because a lot of my friends, a lot of my white friends come to me, I don't know what to say. And I'm like, I'm not the, rep- the ambassador for all black people or Latinas. Put it out there and just have the conversations, you know? So I think that social media can be used as a platform of good if we stop falling into or getting sucked into the the trivial conversations if we stop being offended by tweets somebody in particular i won't mention any names but um i mean i at the same time don't get me wrong i don't want us to be you know full of apathy i don't want us to be be so oh that's expected oh well that's just how he is no it's not normal no it's not right and we should be able to be confident enough to say there's something wrong here but what do we do about it? Right. Not, we're wrong. He's wrong. She's wrong. He did this. She did. 
no, we can't do, it's just a lot of this talking back and forth to each other. And we can't do that. We have to have conversations and we have to all be willing to listen to each other. So I, I, we can talk about this all day, which I know we can't, but what I usually do is I want to give you an opportunity to tell people how to find you. If you have anything coming up, anything they need to be paying attention to register for attend or whatever. And then we're going to lead it off with you giving your top three tips on how to kind of navigate this chaos. So let's start with how people can reach you. Okay. Um, Sherry Heil, my name is basically my handle for all of my platforms. It's the advantage of having a unique name. Mm -hmm. um, so that's S-H-E-R-R-Y-H-E-Y-L, LinkedIn, Pinterest, Twitter, Facebook, um, and so on and so forth. Um, is where you'll find me. Um, I even my my website sherryheil.com. Um, so keep it easy. Um, Amplified Concepts is my company. It is the freelancers collaborative. It is built off the model. I got to run a small agency for about four years and looked at the operations of running a small agency and looked at the challenges of being a freelancer was and kind of blended the two together. Um, so that freelancers could work independently with the resources of an agency. Um, and so that's, has, is, is launched, has launched and is going to start growing more. Um, and that's kind of been what I've been working on is, is getting that built up and seeing where that goes. I do have some events coming up, but nothing to talk about yet. Okay. Um, my medium site, medium.com, which is also Sherry Heil is the um, name there. That's where I put my political post. Um, you can find everything I write, though, because I always put a link on my website, the sherryheil.com. So, yeah, that's it's as simple as I can make it. Okay, good, good. And what three parting tips can you leave to our listeners on how to kind of navigate this chaos and, and find a way to make a way? <laughs> You know, walk away when the, when the conversation is just not productive. Um, and people will say, well, you're going to your safe space or where, well, you don't want to hear, you know, opinions that you don't, that don't agree with yours. That's when you just know in your heart, no, you're very much willing to listen if the conversation was good. And just be willing to confidently walk away. So many people get drawn into the conversation because they don't want to be that person that can't have the tough talk. No, no, you can have the tough talk. Just make it worth something. Right. You know, um, don't, don't participate in the mudslinging. Um, do so on the right platforms. Like I said, I, I'm a little bit more timid on Facebook than I am on Twitter because I can shut people down on Twitter and I, I get hit more on Twitter. I went, well, I had to turn off um, comments for about a month because people were just slinging all kinds of mud at me for a comment I made. I just turned off comments for a month until it got over with. And, and then on the bright side, I'm like, hey, you're raising my clout score. Thank you. <laughs> Keep commenting at me. My clout score is going up. <laughs> um, so, you know, there's always that. Um, you know, so just kind of know your platforms and take it offline. You know, find a way Today, I have a group of friends where we all pretty much agree with each other. Um, like I said, some of them are more left than me, and we get together probably once a month, and I learn from them, and it's very enriching conversations. And then I have that once a month bipartisan conversation where, again, it's very respectful, 
we're all there for a purpose. Um, we know we're there to talk politics. We know we don't agree with each other. Um, you know, take it offline, find a way to, because nobody's going to yell at you in, in person the way they do online. Oh. <laughs> you know, I'll make it in a, we meet at a bar. So, you know, <laughs> a little bit of yelling. Yeah, little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to cause a scene too much there, you right. know, in a place. But yeah, I mean, if you're going to get involved, you got to take it offline. You got to find your group of people and a people who are willing to talk about issues you have not thought of it in that way, or you just don't agree with it, but that, you know, because you're going to learn, you know, I've learned so much. Again, my bipartisan group did not change my mind at all about healthcare, but they did make me go, yeah, you know what? We don't have transparency in billing. Maybe that is something we need to look at. Mm -hmm. um, I had a Twitter conversation yesterday about gun control and learned uh, that the shooter in Texas, what, one of the things I said is somebody's got to get prosecuted because he wasn't supposed to get that gun. So I want to see somebody prosecuted somewhere along the line. And someone informed me through sourced articles that even though these laws are on the books, there's no prosecution to the law. There's no consequences. So you could have a law on the books that can't be prosecuted, so I went, oh, okay, enforcing the laws that exist is a good starting point, which is a conversation you hear from the right a lot. And hey, they're right. <laughs> that is a good starting point. Mm -hmm. So when you listen and you have these dialogues, you learn things that make you go, oh, they're not so wrong. Actually, we agree on some of these points. There are good, maybe they're not over here where I'm at, but what their solutions are work too. Right. Yeah, it's about being open to the different points of view. And that's what I always say. It's always, don't go with the crowd. Don't go with what everyone else is saying on your side, so to speak. But really step back, do your research, your due diligence, and come up with your own opinions. Your opinion may not change, but at least you'll be more educated in whatever it is, the topic is that you're discussing. So I really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much for coming on. I've been waiting and waiting to bring you on. <laughs> Hopefully this is not the last time that we have some oh. Anytime. I, I'm always happy to talk about my opinions. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. You guys need to follow her, Sherry Howe, across the web. Make sure you check out her website, SherryHowe.com and AmplifiedConcepts.com. And she needs to write a book. Hint, hint. I'm just going to throw that out there. Not to put more pressure on you, but you need to write a book. <laughs> and what would that book be about? How to stay sane in this crazy world of social media when everybody else is losing their damn minds. You're assuming I'm sane. <laughs> you have to have a little bit of insanity to deal with that. So a little tiny bit, little tiny bit. Well, guys, thank you. This wraps up our uh, conversation today. I hope you got a lot out of it. And I hope it's given you some pause and made you really think about how you manage your own brand and your own social media and your own conversations that you have regarding politics. It is serious, but it's not that deep. It's not worth losing friends over. It's not worth making wrong decisions. Like I said earlier, if I had been in a terrible accident, which I was, I'm okay, man. Well, halfway okay. But if I was in a, an, an emergency where my life was on the line, I am not going to be stopping my surgeon to say, wait, did you vote Democrat or Republican? I'm not going to do that. We need to remember that we are people first. Okay, we may differ on other things, but we need to try to find those common goals. And one person voting one way doesn't necessarily infringe on your beliefs or what you should believe. So let's try to have open dialogue first and foremost. So thank you to Sherry for joining on and sharing her wisdom and her nuggets of advice to my audience. 
Thank you guys for tuning in week after week. I do this only for you guys. You know, that's it. I'm Adrienne Graham, CEO and founder of Mogul Chicks, and this has been another Mogul Chicks chat. I want to help you build a better, more profitable company by providing strategic growth solutions, resources, mentoring, training, and access to capital. Make sure you check out the other episodes. And if you like what you hear, share the love. Pass the link on to your friends. You can find this podcast on Pandora, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Anchor, and of course, on the Mobile Chicks website. Make sure you subscribe. And if you subscribe and leave a comment on any or all of these channels, it helps other people find the podcast too. Sharing is caring. For more information about how we work with you to grow and scale your company, visit us online at mogulchicks.com. Send an email to contact at mogulchicks.com. Or you can connect with us all over social media at LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and Pinterest, and everywhere else at Mogul Chicks. And that's Mogul Chicks with an X. And if you're not yet part of the Mogul Circle, if you're doing over a million dollars in revenue annually, or the Makers Club, if you're doing six figures in revenue annually, what are you waiting for? There's so much value in membership and the communities. Or if you prefer a good program or trying to move beyond startup phase, check out the Mogul Chicks Academy at mogulchicksacademy.com. I'll catch you on the next episode. Stay safe. Mogul Chicks are always a step ahead of the crowd and they're always closing deals. Remember, Mogul Chicks make mogul moves and power plays. Your move. Now go be profitable. Bye.